We serve a mighty God, don't we? It's such an honor to be here in India. It's my first time in India. Amazing. I am absolutely beyond blessed to be here. And I'm so grateful and privileged that I have the opportunity to share with you today around God's word and around change lives. Who in this room is a testimony of a changed life? Has God transformed your life from the inside out? Why don't we one more time give God a massive shout of praise because he deserves it. He is worthy of it. And thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastors Samuel and Madeline Pata and the whole Pata family. We are just honored again. Um, you know, when we were singing, um, just this whole concept of I will pursue, I will pursue you, it reminded me of a king. King Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat in two chronicles, you know how, they, how King Jehoshaphat won the battle? Through singing, <laughs> through sending the troops out to sing a song of praise. And when you were singing, you know what was taking place just like in two chronicles with King Jehoshaphat? that the enemies were confused, <laughs> that the enemies actually ended up fighting against themselves. And the praisers won the battle, and God got all the glory. So come on, why don't we give God some praise? Because we, we are going to keep standing in victory. You can take your seat, turn to the person next to you, and just tell them how wonderful it is to see them. Absolutely wonderful. Well, as Steve already said, my name is Chantel. Norman, um, I am married to my hunky husband, John Norman, one of the two blondes sitting on the front row. He is wearing the black shirt. Again, why don't you stand to your feet, John? Yes, yes, I've done well. I've done well. Okay, I want to read you this beautiful portion of scripture that has absolutely revolutionized my life. It has changed my life. It has changed my perspective of how I see God and what I believe he can and will do through his mighty power. And it's found in Romans 8:28. And many of you will be familiar with this beautiful portion of scripture. It is the apostle Paul and he's writing these words. And we know that God works all things. Can someone say all things? all things together for the good to those who love him and those who are called according to his purposes. Do we have any lovers of God today? Do we have any lovers? Do we have any purposed, heartfelt believers in the room today? This is what Paul was writing to. And you know, the apostle Paul, he was faced with hardship. He was faced with so much suffering because he kept proclaiming the good news of who Jesus Christ is and is to us today. We can read these scriptures and it come alive once again. We are never locked out of God's promises. We are never locked out of his promises for our lives. You know, sometimes it's really hard to see good in not so good situations, right? Sometimes it's really hard to see the good. And that we read when Paul writes that he's working everything together for good. Sometimes, just sometimes, 
it's hard to see the good. When everything around us seems so bad. Can I get an amen? Maybe it's challenges in your health. Maybe it's a challenge in your relationship. Maybe it's a challenge in your finances and in ministry, in your mind. And maybe it's even a challenge in your faith today. But I want to encourage you that whatever it is that you're facing right now, God wants to work it together for good. He wants to work it together for good so you and I can live free and fruitful lives. Free and fruitful. And that everything that comes from our lives reflects the goodness and the mercy and the kindness of our God. Because that is who he is. He is a good, good father. And he gives good gifts to his children. You are not shut out to his promises today. I love when I read in Isaiah 40. He says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. I don't know if there's some people in the room today that you woke up maybe feeling a tad bit weak, but I'm telling you that he gives power to you today. He gives power to you and I today to keep accomplishing everything that God has set out for your life. And you see with every challenge or with every test comes another opportunity to share of the testimony of what God can do in and through our lives. You see, it's an actual privilege for me to stand here today because 40 years ago, I was brought into a life of tragedy, dysfunction. My family, I'm not originally from England. I don't drink the queen's tea, thank goodness. I was born in Los Angeles, California, and both my mother and my father were from rival gangs in LA. If anyone has ever watched documentaries of the gang life in LA, that was my life. That is what I was brought into. I didn't ask to be brought into it. That was just the hand that I was dealt when I was a little girl. My mom was pregnant with me in a prison cell, and one day, she met a woman in that cell, and that woman led my mom to the Lord. And she, my mom started dreaming again for what her life could be. And when she let, got let out of that prison that day, she got let out of that prison. She met street preachers on the side of the road, and they invited her into a church community like this. And they invited her to know a little bit more about the love and the forgiveness that God has for her life. 
You see, when I was three years old, my father ended up leaving my mom when she chose to change her life. And he left when I was three years old because he chose alcohol over me. I never understood. I lived so abandoned in my head that I was never loved, never wanted. So I went looking for love in so many different places and I never, ever felt satisfied because there's only one that could love me with an everlasting love, an unfailing love, a love that never ends. So when my mom began to go to a church community like this, there was a whole bunch of gangsters in the room that one day they were fighting on the streets and then the next day they were in church praising the Lord Jesus. <laughs> How many of you know that that takes some, uh, some faith to build in that atmosphere of worship and praise to God? Because I'm telling you, I would walk out of church and see my mom fighting, fist fighting with a lady just outside of the church because that was just how we were brought up. The gang culture was violent. It was harsh. You had to earn respect through your fists. That was the only way that she knew how to function. And at the age of six, she ended up remarrying a gangster, ex-gangster, ex-drug addict, ex-convict, a lot of exes in his life. Brought him into our home when I was seven years old. And two years later, he did the worst thing that a father could potentially do to their child was he sexually abused me from the age of nine years old onwards. And I lived this life thinking, God, where are you? I was in a church like this. I sat in those same seats that you're sitting in today, but yet I felt so alone and wounded and abandoned and rejected, not because of God, but because of sin. And when sin entered the world, it caused pain and destruction and devastation. So as I was growing up, I was not only physically emotionally abused my mom she would just violently hurt me and my brothers as we were growing up and in church one minute you can be praising Jesus oh love you Lord and the next minute just beating her kids that was what I thought church was all about and I did not want to know until one day God stepped into my story, and he changed the course of my life forever. You see, there were some youth pastors, just like some of the youth pastors. If you're a youth pastor in the room, do you want to just give me a wave? If you work with, if you, yes, I think we should give a, a huge a thank you to all of our youth pastors in the room. But my youth pastors saw me at the age of 12, just a broken little girl, lost I didn't tell anyone what was happening in my life, but they could see that there was brokenness. And at the age of 12, they stepped into my story. They took me in to their home and they raised me from then on. And they said they went beyond the call of duty of what a youth pastors would do. They actually took me in to their home. They got in the fire with me and they helped me find my way back 
to knowing God. So thank you, Jesus, for all of our pastors and youth pastors. We're so grateful that you keep staying and you keep planting yourself and you keep helping young people on the journey because it changed my life. When God steps into our story, it changes everything. It changes everything. It doesn't matter how far you have strayed away. Maybe because of your own ambition or maybe because of the hands of other people. It does not matter how far you stray away. God is right there. He is right there. He has never left us. There may be silent moments in our life, but he is never absent from our lives. Never absent. You see, the first step on my way to victory was to recognize that there was an enemy. <laughs> and I'm sure we've had some recognition today already. Because right now, what's happening here in Hyderabad, India, the enemy is not happy. <laughs> not happy. Because there is a room full of young people that's lives are going to be transformed and changed for the glory of God. This is the awakening. Something is about to shift. So will you open your hearts and let him in and let him change the course of your life? I don't know who's hurt you. I don't know who's wounded you. I don't know who's spoken words of, of destruction over your life, but I'm here to tell you today that God loves you so much with an everlasting love. It can never compare to earthly love. His love is eternal. It goes beyond here. He wants to reveal more of his love. You know, in John 10.10 says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's ever felt like there were moments in your life, maybe even right now, that the enemy is causing havoc, stealing, killing, and destroying, maybe even in your mental health, maybe he's, he's killing that creativity that you once had, destroying your family and relationships. But Jesus said this, but I have come, I have come that you might have life not just life, but life more abundantly. Can someone say more abundantly? I don't just want to live life. I want to live an abundant life. I want to live an exceedingly <laughs> and abundantly and above, right? Anything we can ask or think or even imagine, that is the kind of life that I choose to live in. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. You see, when I was rescued and brought into this home at 13 years old, I had to find my way back because I was lost. I had to find my way back to knowing this God that everyone else around me said loved me. I had to experience it for myself. And you know that we are probably the, the closest thing to Jesus that people will see on this earth. We are. Kindness and love, generosity, mercy over judgment.
And these youth pastors, they helped me on my way. God used their lives to help my life advance. And I'm so thankful that at the age of 19, they sent me off to Sydney, Australia. Was, was everything fixed by then? No, absolutely not. It was just getting started. My, my healing journey was just getting started. But at 19 years old, I got on a plane in, in Los Angeles, California, and I stepped on that plane at 19. I never looked back. And the, and, and the rest of my life has pretty much been a life of forgiveness, a life of empathy and compassion, because that is exactly what was extended to me, even in my brokenness, even in my shame. God extended that to me. So I married my best friend, again, John Norman, who we met in Australia. We have two beautiful children my daughter, who is 10 years old, Miracle Joy, and Justice Murray, who is seven, and he's an absolute character. <laughs> he keeps me on my toes. I reconciled my relationships with my mother and my stepfather, the man who abused me. I reconciled that because, because I wanted him to experience the love and the reconciliation. You know what? We have a ministry, and it's called reconciliation. There's a ministry of reconciliation that we, as believers in Christ, must walk in on a daily basis. Is it easy? Absolutely not. It is not easy, and it's a process. And I'm, I'm sharing my story in, in, a, in what, 20-whatever minutes, but it's been, I would say, 25 years on the journey and I'm still on it, <laughs> and I still choose forgiveness, and I still choose the path that leads to life. I love this in Ephesians 2, 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this, not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Someone say good works. To do good works. We were created for good works. We were created for good works, which God prepared in advance as our way of life. It's, it's a way of life. There is no other way. <laughs> there is no other way but created in Christ Jesus to do Good work. So whatever test you are facing right now, trust that God will bring you through it. And in time, it will indeed become your greatest testimony. You see, I would have never imagined that, that John and I would be leading uh, this a beautiful church in Norwich, England called Soul Church. And we never would have imagined people coming from all corners of the world, really, and in the nation just to be a part of what God is doing in our city. I mean, what, a, what an awesome thing to be part of the church. In this room right here, I really believe that God is wanting to stir some people up. That you might have just sat around for a little bit and gone, what, what do you want me to do, Lord? I believe through this conference, he's going to speak to you personally. And he's going to either reignite some dreams that have been in your heart for a long time. 
but through the pain and maybe through the shame, you've not been able to see it. But God is going to lift that off you this weekend. He is going to lift it off of you. Shame off you today. He is going to put a new dream, a new desire, fresh passion to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. You see, I personally found my freedom through forgiveness. And in the Bible, the Greek word translated forgiveness, it literally means to let it go, to let go. Who's ever seen Frozen? Yeah? Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back. Let it go. Turn. Come on, girls, you got it. <laughs> Let the storm rage on. The cold or the hot never bothered me anyway. Right? Let go. Sometimes, sometimes we just have to let it go. And I know it's a process to let it go, so I am not discrediting or, or, or not recognizing that people have gone through pain, serious pain and trauma. And it is a journey to forgiveness. And God wants to heal you from the inside out so that he can lead you into that same path of freedom through forgiveness. Because honestly, I can tell you that I am standing here just a miracle, really. A miracle. Never imagined that this is where I would be today. But I choose freedom every time. I choose freedom every time. Letting go isn't easy. But every time we let go and we choose forgiveness, it's another opportunity for us to trust God. Do you trust God? Do you trust him? I mean, do you really trust him? Do you trust him at his word? Because, because if you let it go, then, then it's on him. <laughs> It's no longer on us. You know that burden and that heavy weight that just weighs you down. And that person that you just cannot stand to see. They might even be here today. Uh-uh, not in this church. Not at Awakening Conference. Mm-mm, that would never happen. But you know, sometimes it's those people that you say, man, okay, yeah, I let it go. I forgive them. And then you see them in person. You're like, oh, dude. It brings everything back up and it bubbles up. Why am I still so angry? Because it's a process. And forgiveness is not just overnight. It's every day choosing to forgive. And the more that you let it go and you let God, you continue to trust him and say, God, like, I give this to you because I cannot do this on my own. And it's hard to even imagine where my life would be without Jesus. Forgiveness has not only brought freedom in my own life, but it has also brought freedom for the generations to come. You see, it's not just for me. It's for my kids. Because I don't want anything to attach itself onto them and their children and their children and their children. I don't want any of that to attach itself to them. So why not now? Why not me? Why not today? 
Why not let it go? God is faithful, and he will continue to heal you. And in 2017, I was able to uh, reconcile with my, with my real father that left when I was three years old. I was able to reconcile with him, and, and it was the most beautiful thing because I hadn't seen my dad in a long time, and he, it, it was a hard relationship, but I just, I was like, I want to see him. And, and he got all nice and dressed up, and I got to take my kids, and they got to reconcile with their grandfather who they never met before. And in that moment, my husband was there. We got to pray for my dad. We got to lead him back to the Lord. And there's a, if there's a picture somewhere around, I don't know if it's somewhere around here, but I want to show you a little picture of, of this was in 2017, okay? My dad has been through a, a life of gangs, and he's been an alcoholic since the day I was born, but in that moment, there was reconciliation, that God gave me the courage to find a place in my heart to love him, to love him, and to extend forgiveness to my father. And I told him how much I loved him and how much I forgave him. You see, forgiveness doesn't make them right, but forgiveness sets you free. It truly does set you free. And, and you know, the, the most amazing thing, I say amazing, it was sad, but also amazing. A, about a year and a bit later, I get a phone call, I was gonna see my dad that, that I think it was like a few days um, in 2018, and I get a phone call to say, Chantel, um, your dad has been shot. He was in a drive, there was a drive-by shooting with the rival gang, and he was at his old park, and, and they, they shot him, and he's fighting for his life right now. And I thought, what, I don't understand. We just reconciled, like, there was just gonna be like a new relationship coming to be. And, and at the same time, I thought, but thank you, Jesus, that, that you gave me the courage and the strength to let him know that he was loved, not just by me, but by you. <laughs> and just probably minutes later, I get a call to say, your dad has passed away. He's gone, Chantel. And I was so upset, and in my heart, it was broken. But yet at the same time, I thought, thank you, Jesus, because your timing is perfect. Had I not reconciled just a few years later and I not followed the prompting of the Holy Spirit and listened and obeyed the Lord in that time, I think I probably would have lived with a little bit more regret. I think I would have, just me personally. And so when God prompts us and when he leads us, would you hear him? Would you listen closely? Would you hear and obey and step into that? Not because of your perfect love, but because of his perfect love. Because of his perfect love. And then I got invited back to come and speak, go and speak at my dad's funeral. And in a room full of gangsters, I got to tell them, about the love of Jesus and what God can do through a changed life. Was life perfect? No. But God is perfect in all his ways. He will never fail you. He will never leave you. 
And he can work everything together for good. Now I understand why Paul wrote that. Even when he was shipwrecked, even when he was in prison, he has the audacity to write that God will work everything together for good because it's a promise to us. And we can hold on tight knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us? He is fighting our battles. We don't have to fight with our fists. We can fight in worship. We can fight in prayer. We can fight in love. We can fight in forgiveness. Because that is the heart of God. His mercy triumphs over judgment every time. And in John 8, 36, it says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Who's believing for freedom? Who's believing for freedom today? I don't know what you came in with, sweet one. I don't know what you came in with, sons and daughters. But he wants to heal you. And he wants to set you free. Not just free, but free indeed. There's freedom in the place today. There is freedom in his presence. This is what true freedom says. Here's some scriptures. If you want to write them down, you can always go back and meditate on these, on these scriptures and these words. True freedom says this. Number one, I am significant. I am no longer worthless, inadequate, helpless, or hopeless. In Christ, I am deeply significant and special. Do you know that you are special? Each and every one of you. I never knew, I never knew how loved and how valued and how treasured I was until I started reading God's word and meditating on not how good I can be, but just how good he is for me. He loves me with an everlasting love. God's word says this in John 15, 16. I have been chosen and appointed by him to bear fruit. In Acts 1, 8, I am a personal, spirit-empowered witness of Christ. Ephesians 3, 12, I may approach him with freedom and confidence. You are significant. You are significant. God has a purpose for your life. You're not just here to just simply exist. There's purpose for you today. There is purpose on your life and you are significant. True freedom says this, I am secure. Number one, I am significant. Number two, I am secure. I am secure. I am no longer guilty. I am no longer unprotected. I'm no longer alone or abandoned. In Christ, I am totally secure. I don't know if you have felt unprotected. But he is a shield around us. And he wants to let you know that he is your protector. Would you find yourself hovering under the shadow of the Almighty. 
He is your protector. And God's word says this. Ephesians 1.6, I am free forever. Oh, sorry, Romans 8.1, I am free from, forever from condemnation. Amen. Ephesians 1 says this, I am confident that the work he has begun in me will be perfected. 2 Timothy 1.7, I have not been given, I've, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You know, he wants to give us a sound mind because that is our inheritance from heaven. It's not in wealth or riches. It is to have a sound mind. He wants to calm our minds so that we can sit and put on the mind of Christ every single day of our lives. I am secure in him. Number three, lastly, I am accepted. I am no longer rejected, unloved, or dirty. In Christ, I am completely accepted. And God's word says this in John 1, 12. I am his child. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 18. I have direct access to him through the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1, 14. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I have been bought with a price and I belong to him. You've been bought with the price. I have been bought with the price. So never be afraid. Awakening conference. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. <laughs> never be afraid. The future is so unknown right now. But he's a known God. And he is faithful. He is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He is the same God to you in Hyderabad, India, and everyone represented here today. He is that same God for you, and he is known. You are significant, secure, and accepted in Christ Jesus. And God is working it all together for good for those who love him. And for those who are called according to his purposes. I'm going to pray for you today. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you that you are hovering in the atmosphere today. The atmosphere where there is freedom. And there is healing. And there is forgiveness. Lord, I thank you that your kindness and your mercy... You said that your mercies are new every morning. Would you come and wash over us today? Would you come and wash over us today? Would you heal us from the inside out so we can bear witness of the good works that you have done in our lives? And we would continue to follow your path, stay on your path, so we can see the light of heaven Shine down on us. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Have your way in our lives. We don't want to leave here the same. We don't want to hear just another message, Lord. We just need you to speak to us. We need you to speak. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I pray that encouraged you today, Awakening Conference.